folks. We're, we're here. We're living. Roy Barcello is joining us once again. We're, we're going to be skipping the breaking down of the pulp because you could look at this as the elongated version of that. I don't know. Um, but we're going to be getting straight to it. How are you doing, Rohit? I'm doing great, Neil. It's always a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, we are here to discuss the, the debate or the debacle that occurred about a night mm-hmm. or two nights ago. I've, I've lost track of time. It could be, it could be like a year from now. We don't know. Yeah. Actually, yeah, if it's a year from uh, now, then we know who the president is. Who's the president? <laughs> Unless we, we know <laughs> the president is you, Neil. What? You didn't even see it coming. Oh you my didn't check gosh. your emails. You didn't check your emails from UT, bro. You I thought it was a Pillsbury that. Doughboy. Oh no. <laughs> the Pillsbury Would Doughboy. you elect a Pillsbury Doughboy in for office? Would you? It like... depends who the opponent is. I have That's to choose true. the best. That's yeah, true. If it was um, like the Michelin Tire guy, I'd have to go with the Michelin Tire guy, obviously. But... but but what policies about the Michelin Tire guy do you appreciate? They'd be puffier than the Pillsbury Doughboy. I can tell you that much. That is important. Be... <laughs> they'd have more padding. They'd be safer. Um, yeah. And then they'd be generally better for the road. As opposed yeah. to the to the Pillsbury Doughboy, yeah. and then, um, but then the Pillsbury Doughboy policies would be better for um, the bakery yeah. uh, settings like that. And I, and so. I think the Geico Gecko would be an independent. <laughs> the Geico Gecko would be an independent. Yeah, I think he'd be an independent. Um, yeah, no, anyways, you know who I would really vote for is Limu from Liberty Mutual. Wait, what? <laughs> the Limu Emu from Liberty Mutual. Yeah. Anywho, back. we are here to talk about the 2020 presidential smackdown that occurred. Two days ago, President Donald Trump versus former Vice President Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Initial thoughts, Rohit. How do you think it went? Um, well, I don't think it was productive at all. <laughs> My <laughs> very, I was taking some some very simple notes, and the first thing I wrote down was carnage because I think it was kind of carnage. <laughs> Not carnage. Well, yeah, yeah, carnage is, is I think a, a good sense or a good word in, in multiple senses of the word. But mm. so. I don't think anybody's mind was changed by this debate. In fact, I was reading earlier today that some people's mind was changed from I'm going to decide who to vote for to I'm not going to vote at all, which is the most harmful outcome, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was a bit of a shame, but I, I, I thought there were good moments, like moments that were peeking through the clouds, but... <laughs> those those occasional occasional yeah. moments. I, I mean, no, literally nobody was impressed by this debate, though. Um, yeah, I. I mean, a lot of pundits are saying that Biden came out looking well, looking mm-hmm. mature. He had a better performance. Well, if you, like if you want to mm-hmm. go by those metrics, then yeah, sure. Yeah, and um, I can agree with him on that. He he did seem like he came out swinging, but he didn't handle the pressure very well. Mm-hmm. If he was debating somebody normal, he probably would have performed better than usual, and mm-hmm. I probably would have had nice things to say about it. And actually, I still do, but the yeah. way he handled his opposition wasn't I, great. And, and I don't want the Biden campaign to come out of this looking at this as a win, because I think this uh-huh. isn't a win for anyone. This was, I think, a... Mm-hmm. If anything, uh, a lot of people characterized it as an embarrassment to American politics, and I think it, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, but part of me thinks that the Biden campaign thinks that they d- handled this well, partly because, I don't know if you saw this ad, but hours after the debate, mm-hmm. they released an ad with the crying emoji on mm-hmm. Trump's face with like a baby crying in the background and that was an actual Biden-Harris campaign advertisement. They actually did that? They actually oh, did that, yeah. So which makes oh, me boy. think that they make, 
they believe they came out of this doing remotely well, which there were moments where those the rare moments where Biden, I mean, Trump decided to, you know, be quiet. Mm-hmm. There were moments where Biden would speak and he would start off strong and then he'd divert yeah. and he would land on he, he would land on something without a concrete plan on how to mm-hmm. do anything, how to go forward. And yeah. I think the issue with that is they're very much entering 2016 territory. From the very beginning of this campaign, mm-hmm. the message has been Trump is bad. He, yeah. he he is he's a bad character, and although yeah. you and I have some type some agreement to that, mm-hmm. if you enter that territory, that the message is about the character in the office, while dismissing policy issues, then yeah. that can be a little problematic. Even if Biden said yeah. this isn't about me, this isn't about Trump, this is about you, it felt like that the argument coming from Biden from those mm-hmm. moments where he was able to at least get the stage mm-hmm. for that again small small moment um yeah. he still fumbled the ball in his message and i think yeah. there was only one moment where he had a concrete plan and that was with climate change other than that it was just very watery and didn't have any substance yeah um and i do want to give him credit for the moments that he spoke to us instead of trump and that's a line i got from somewhere i can't remember who said it but he would literally look at the camera and he mm-hmm. would start speaking with conviction. And I was like, this is great. This is the kind of uh, speech that I like to see. But then Trump would interject and he would get a little bit frazzled and then you know, make yeah. a snarky comment to Trump and then it, it would go downhill again. So the, the problem wasn't Biden's preparation. I think Biden was very prepared to, to be a really great speaker. It's just that um, Trump didn't give him those opportunities and he, he was, in, in a way, I think he was being too polite uh, initially, and then not being polite enough <laughs> towards the end. He just he he, he wasn't balancing. Um, I don't exactly know what the word is. He was he wasn't balancing himself well enough though, just throughout the entire debate. But yeah. I did like those moments. I liked those moments when he looked at the camera uh-huh. and he spoke with conviction. Yeah, I. Mm-hmm. Again, I am not. Right. Dismissing the intrusive behavior that came from the president on that stage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I do believe, again, in those select moments that Biden did have that chance mm-hmm. to connect with the American people, which he did occasionally. Again, there were like there were highlights from that, yeah. that, that yeah. moments where he did do well. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it felt like he wasn't able to hold his ground, even again, when he was given the chance to just speak to the American people, lay out, yeah. his, lay out his plan, lay out his agenda. And even mm-hmm. then. He fumbled the ball a little bit. And he, he fumbled the ball. part of the issue is whenever the president says an absurd statement that I know is not true, you know it's not true, we have the facts on the issue. Yeah. But a lot of people watching the debate may not know that. May, they, they will mm. take what Trump says as a fact. And the problem is, is whenever Biden's counter argument is something watery that isn't really there to negate Trump's statement with any facts. And mm-hmm. then whenever you have a watery counter argument, then the audience is going to take what Trump said as a fact. And I think that yeah. was part of the problem is that he wasn't able to really counter anything with substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the format of the debate, and we were talking about this earlier, the format of the debate favors somebody like Trump who can easily inject a false statement and mm-hmm. then fluster the opponents to a point where 
if they don't perfectly defend and refute the the false statement then the audience is going to think that right. the false statement is mostly true and biden could have prepared more but also it's hard to come up with a perfect factual statement to refute um uh, a, a false statement that's spoken but with uh, such belief so, my thing was like what did you expect like yeah it, it did not seem he was prepared to deal with that mm-hmm. and that's is, that's my uh, issue yeah like debates like he knew exactly what kind of debate he was getting into so him and his team should have gotten together and they should have got the textbook out and started drilling facts because yeah. there was nothing else that they like they knew exactly what trump was going to do um, and i do not believe that there's no way to debate trump because yeah. if you look at the structure of, the, of biden's argument again he'd start yeah. off really strong and mm-hmm. then he'd bring in trump and almost every single statement and that's when you're luring him in. That's when he's going to come in and punch yeah. back. And I don't think yeah. that bringing him in on every single thing was necessary. It wasn't. Because you're giving him that opportunity to go off again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Trump would make these really inflammatory statements, too. At one point, he was talking trash about Biden's son. Yeah. And that's always been a side. For both sons, uh, both the Biden sons, they're both very sensitive subjects. And Biden should have seen it coming. And he should have mm-hmm. kept his cool and just... Uh, just coolly dismissed Trump. You know, at one point he was like, "Shut up, man!" But instead of saying yeah. "Shut up, man," it wasn't towards the, the that his, particular situation, right? But like at one point he said he said that, and he had a lot of moments that night where he kind of gave the the feeling of "Shut up, man." But instead of right. saying "Shut up, man," he could have just you know quietly smiled, kept his cool, and then calmly ignored the bullshit coming from Trump mm-hmm. and continued delivering his message his policy message we both want to see policy everybody wants to see policy he wasn't giving us policy enough at least he was teasing policy and he didn't deliver on it yeah and again this isn't me i think or this isn't us accepting the behavior that came from the president but fact of the matter is is that's the behavior that's on the stage and you have to find a way to combat it and in that i do believe believe it or not i do believe that hillary clinton Mm -hmm did a better job in combating that yeah and which is strange because he has some of the same people for better or for worse who prepped hillary clinton who are also prepping biden yeah yeah it just comes down to the personality difference right too. i think hillary probably works closer with her team and biden is a little bit more of a loose cannon <laughs> what do you think was then trump's strategy for this entire debate if there even was one yeah dude you know what it was it was the strategy this is such a funny video so alex jones once dropped in on a young turks i see um, yeah yeah you've seen it i'm talking mm-hmm. about right they're at a convention of some sort the young turks are doing a segment they have the cameras rolling you know they're just filming from from their little corner of the of the convention alex jones just strolls in and within what he starts fucking with jenk who's one of the guys, it's Jenk mm-hmm. and Anna normally, he starts fucking with Jenk. Within one minute, he creates total mayhem. I just see. like, it's so funny. Like, yeah. I, I, like, you know, I hate it, but <laughs> he goes in, it's amazing. He knows exactly what to say to trigger, yeah. to, to trigger the anger. He just says some rude, offensive stuff to, to Jenk, and then, and he drops false statements in there too, which are clearly false, but Jenk takes the bait. He starts getting mad. Anna starts getting mad, you know, some of the crew members start getting on it. Mm-hmm. They're straight up yelling. And then Alex Jones laughing, he just strolls away like nothing ever happened. He's unscathed. He just ruins their entire bit though. Their right. entire 
that's kind of what Trump came in and did. He he probably knows a lot of his statements are false, but and he also knows that he was going to come in and, and do some frazzling. So that's exactly what he did. He mm-hmm. came in, he spoke his message a tiny little bit, but the majority of what he was doing was dropping petty insults, uh, making false statements as triggers to make his opponent slip up. And then um, a lot of his, a lot of what he said was just him like defending himself against what Biden said or even the yeah. moderator said. Mm-hmm. It was just him refuting it. He didn't really come up with any original material from himself. Yeah. And he knew, he knew what he was doing. He, he just, he strolled in just like Alex Jones. He fucked everything up. And then he probably he went dipped. home like a like cool-headed, probably the most cool-headed person of the night. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we are better than that. We are better. Like, we, we can't be falling for that again. <laughs> I think his strategy was to come in and confuse the shit out of people, which he did. Yeah. Because... A lot of people are coming out of that debate feeling like everything about it sucked. They don't even know where to begin. They don't even know where to start with policy issues or anything. And telling you that I did rewatch the debate a couple hours Uh ago, and the amount of sensory overload that I was receiving the first time I saw it was about the same the second time I saw it. Like, it's a lot to process. You have to rewind, try and figure out what they're trying to say, and I think that was his intention. Just go in there, mm-hmm. dominate the discussion. Doesn't yeah. matter who's talking, if it's a moderator or not, dominate the discussion and confuse the shit out of people. Yeah. Um, and rewatching the 2016 debate, which I did this morning, I watched the mm-hmm. debate of the first one against Trump and Clinton. Mm-hmm. If you listen to him, surprisingly, you could argue that there is more substance even if when we were watching in the moment you're like this is bullshit right surprisingly there is more substance or quote-unquote substance coming from trump he's talking about raising tax he's talking about the loss of manufacturing jobs jobs being lost to china yeah there is a difference between that trump and the one that we got a couple days ago the one that we got a couple days ago was just there to i think spew lies confuse the shit out of people and dominate the, the discussion yeah. Um, yeah. Mainly because I, what he ran on 2016 isn't the same stuff he can run on now because yeah. he has kind of fucked a lot of things up. So he knows he doesn't have anything substantive to discuss. So mm-hmm. his approach is to, again, dominate, attack Biden on a lot of personal issues, attack his family. Same Part of the same uh, tactic he had in 2016 but it's to amplify it and raise it to 10 because again there's nothing in the in the area of substance that he has to discuss so i do believe that that is a little bit uninspiring to the swing voters and the undecideds that did vote for him because in the end of the day you you have to tap into that you can't just tap into your base and i believe he never stopped running for president in the last four years is mm-hmm. him trying to hone in on what he believed worked, which was, again, consistently attacking the left, demonizing the left, when in reality, I hate to say it, and this might piss off some people, but he was inspiring. Like, not to me. He didn't inspire mm-hmm. me or may have not inspired yeah. you, but he did inspire a group of people that was beyond just his hardcore base. And I believe yeah. now he knows that he's pushing them away, and he can't do anything about it, so it's to attack, 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 and again, dominate. Mm-hmm. 
because I've, I've uh, seen a lot of interviews where people are saying they don't support Trump necessarily because of his um, policy. They support him because he seems like a guy that's in control and they want that in their president. And it's simple as that. They're like, I respect this guy because he dominates. He, um, you know, like he seems like he has the most control in the room and I like mm -hmm. that and I want to vote for him. And that's it. And like some people are like that and he knows it. And he yeah. was definitely uh, honing in on that tonight. And then something I was curious about is what did you think about the moderator and his line of questioning? So overall, I think Chris Wallace did okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't I don't think he did horrible with what he yeah. was handed, but I don't mm -hmm. think he did well either. I think he should have addressed yeah. the intrusion and the interruptions a lot earlier than about 50 minutes in. He should have done mm -hmm. a lot earlier. And yeah. then he did ask some biased questions. He did ask, he did frame mm -hmm. certain questions a certain yeah. way and threw them at Biden. Um, mm -hmm. So overall, I think he did okay. What about you? What do yeah, you think? I, I agree with you on, on that. And he, he asked some, bi some biased questions to uh, Biden. I also think he asked a lot of biased questions to Trump. And mm -hmm. I don't think any, I think very few watchers of the debate were, were siding with Trump at this point. But I think as a moderator, it's important that you remain as impartial as possible because it's not about furthering your personal political agenda. It's about informing the voters. So his questions should have been a little cleaner and a little bit more sterile just to bring out the, the pure mm -hmm. side of both of the candidates. And I was frustrated whenever he asked Trump a question that seemed like interrogation. And, and I was like, this isn't how a debate is supposed to work. This isn't like a execution of Trump. You know, this isn't how we're gonna win. We're not gonna win by being petty. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess no secret that Chris Wallace was clearly siding with Biden. Um, and we well, I think he was that. siding with him in the moments where he, where Trump was interrupting. Uh -huh. Yeah. Because there was that moment where Chris Wallace asked Biden why he didn't call the mayor of Portland uh, to call for the National Guard. And yeah. Like, no person running for president, even if they're the former vice president, no person mm -hmm. running for president who has who doesn't have that authority can just call up the mayor of Portland and say, hey, hey, I advise I you, call in that <laughs> National Guard. He can't do that. And I think that was he a stupid question that. coming yeah. from Chris Wallace. And, and I think Biden actually answered that pretty well. But yeah, so I should, I should reframe that. It's no, it's no question that Chris Wallace is liberal. And he, that he was isn't, frustrating. He isn't. Is he not liberal? He, is he so, more of a moderate? So here's the, here's the deal with that. Yeah. Um, and this is something I, I get also sometimes. He yeah. is not he is i think more conservative leaning he, okay. he tends to be a little bit more conservative leaning in his ideology okay but because he is seen as for the most part asking fair questions on fox news because he's from fox mm -hmm. news i think a lot of the time people kind of characterize me in the same pool as being a moderate and mm -hmm. if moderate is entering a discussion with an object maybe with not even objective mindset like just being polite and respecting the other person's opinion without attacking someone then sure i'm a moderate but that's mm -hmm. not what the term moderate is referring to that's referring yeah. to a political spectrum and if you mm -hmm. look at my ideology it tends to be a little bit more or a lot more left-leaning um mm -hmm. and i think that's being applied to chris wallace also he goes mm -hmm. in for the most part 
asking fair questions compared to the other hosts and people working for Fox News. So. Uh okay that that does make sense that makes a lot of sense okay so that's and i had no idea about chris wallace but that's interesting okay so with that in mind it kind of changes my perspective a little bit um one thing that i still stand by is i just wish his questions had been a little bit more sterile yeah but i, I agree but i i didn't mind them mm -hmm. I, I didn't mind them by any means right yeah, he wasn't the worst part of the debate. I mean, it was it was the candidates. And also, there was another complaint, too, that it was just three angry white men yelling at each other on stage. And that's the last thing we need. It's literally the last thing we need right now. And I, um, I I'm think that it turned off some of the voters. That debate was worst case scenario. It was worst case scenario. <laughs> that's what I, I, I mean. There were a lot of people coming up to this, like up to this debate saying um, mm. up to that point, at least stating that this is about to be a shit show. Uh, yeah. One of our friends said that in the group chat. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm optimistic. Yeah. And like 10 minutes in, you were like, holy fuck. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is a shit show. This is bad. Yeah. Uh, and it was. I think Biden did do better as the night went on. I think mm. the first 30 minutes, he did get flustered, uh, labeling the president as a clown and telling him to shut up. Oh, which, yeah. That's right. By the, the way, statement. I, I don't think that's appropriate etiquette, no matter how <laughs> yeah. intrusive the person might be, no matter yeah. how much they're interrupting you. Because worst case scenario is that Biden just has a complete meltdown and loses it. That's worst yeah, right. case scenario. Right. That is that is the worst case yeah. scenario. And but... the level beneath that is name calling, which Biden did mm -hmm. step into in the beginning. So if anything, yeah. Trump did get him. He did get him for a moment. He got him. And um, I think Biden, with his responses early on, he was trying to set a tone. He was trying to set the tone that he wasn't going to take any crap from Trump. But again, that's the wrong way to set the tone. But I do think Biden did well in, mm -hmm. I think, uh, explaining the vaccine situation and bringing in expert opinion and what experts have said on that situation, talked about mm -hmm. mail-in ballots. That was, I think, I think that was his highlight. Uh, when he when yeah. he talked straight to the people and said, "You yes. decide the trajectory of this election. You decide the outcome, and yeah. you need to vote and vote in whatever way possible." I, that was genuinely a good moment from him. It was. It was a great moment, and it was kind of a universal message too. Nobody disagrees that you should educate yourself according to professionals, and nobody disagrees that voting. Well, people, some people do, but generally speaking, people are are in favor of the vote. Mm -hmm. whether or not they do it or not. And I think he also did a good job addressing climate change, that being mm -hmm. the only place where it felt like he had a concrete plan. He talked about moving to renewable energy and his, yeah. plan, his plan for electric vehicles and how to um, go about impl implementation for that. So that was the only moment I felt like he had a concrete plan. Um, mm -hmm. like there were moments, again, select moments where he did shine, but very few, very few moments. Yeah, it was. There were few and far between. It was also frustrating. Again, this happened again when he mentioned climate change, and he said the, the Green New Deal isn't my plan. As soon as he says it, Trump is like, "You just lost the left. You lost the left." And yeah. that was such a clear sucker punch. And Biden ate it. He ate the sucker punch, and then he I, went to again. I don't think. I I don't see that as a sucker punch because no, for me, it was obvious what 
Trump was trying to do. He was yeah. hoping that, for one, Biden enters a territory where he does side with um, a lot of Bernie Sanders' stances. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't, then Trump was going to call him out on that. So it was either or. So mm-hmm. whenever Biden started talking about health care. Yeah. And once he started like 10 seconds, 20 seconds into it, Trump immediately interrupted. He's like, so you believe you side with Bernie and and the radical left and basically labeled it as socialist medicine. So there were many moments where, again, I feel like mm-hmm. he was looking for it and he was trying to hop on it and interrupt. Yeah. But he wasn't getting it for the most part. And he was there straw manning was... a little bit. Yeah. And for example, the protests. Mm-hmm. Biden said he's in favor for peaceful protests, and Trump said you you started yeah. violent protests, and then Tr- Biden said back, "Well, that's not what I said." Yeah, because it wasn't what he said. He so, literally didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, it was very obvious what was going on. It felt like there was first a strategy of dominance, and second to either label him as a um, far leftist or to basically say that. He is not with the left. He's a phony because there was that line that tr- came from Trump saying, I don't know what you are. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. I don't know what you are. <laughs> Biden needs to take a middle school rhetorical analysis class. And I forgot what the term is. Um, logical fallacies class. Mm. Just like we did and learn how to combat all of these logical fallacies because that's the, that's the main problem. He falls for them. I don't blame him. They're hard to recover from if you're not prepared mm-hmm. he needs his team to get together and he needs to work on countering this kind of rhetoric from trump in the future because it's going to happen it's probably going to be the same situation again unless he changes something because i know trump's not going to change anything yeah. what was your reaction to trump telling the proud boys to stand back and stand by and then also stating that racial sensitivity training is a quote-unquote radical ref- revolution teaching Americans how to hate this country. Yeah. Again, that was a separate statement from the <laughs> radical revolution, but that, yeah. that was just, that was shocking. I mean, not shocking, but shocking at the same time. Yeah. That th- he's yeah. just getting more and more obvious in his rhetoric and what he's trying to push and the base he believes he has and he doesn't want to piss off. Yeah, the Proud Boy statement was just ridiculous. I mean, uh, I can't I, honestly. I can't even believe he did that. That's such a risky move on live television because mm-hmm. you know um, people don't support that. A lot of conservative yeah. people don't support that. So I don't know what he's doing here. He's probably just trying to solidify the base he already has. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only thing I can think of with that statement. Or maybe he just said it off the cuff. Maybe he wasn't thinking. He was just like, "I'm gonna say it," and yeah. he he does that. And then what was the second thing you brought up? Uh, he, he said and racial sensitivity voice. training is teaching this yeah. country how to hate this. Teaching yeah, I mean, how to hate this country, yeah, Americans. I know what he was doing. I mean, he was just twisting the words again. He was, again, doing a little bit of straw manning where he was saying um, racial sensitivity training is making us think that the country isn't great and I want the country to be great again. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is the country can't be great until you recognize that there are not great parts about it. There are, in fact, bad parts about it. And racial sensitivity training is about um, recognizing the flaw and becoming better from it. That's that's the that's a very mature thing to do, and we should strive to do mature things in this country. 
and the fact that he's trying to cover all that up and say, we're great, we're fantastic, we don't need racial sensitivity training. In fact, to say that we are racist is racist. I think that's kind of what he was getting at here. That was a bad statement. He knows it was a bad statement. Um, I don't think... Well, he, okay, if, if he knows... Think so? he, I, th- you... I think he knows. Sometimes I think he doesn't, but with this thing, I think he knew exactly what he was doing. He was just inciting. It was. A, I think it was part of the strategy. I don't... I, part of the strategy. I don't think he felt like what he said was wrong to him it was right Mm -hmm. so so he could again solidify his base um which which is i guess his his slogan this time around is keep america great again keep america great again huh that or or you know continue the greatness whatever that is that's been going on Mm -hmm. in the past four years and my uh roommate said that if he is saying that no president has done the amount of work that i have done in the past four years he might yeah. be right, whether it's that's the thing, whether it's good or bad, up to the Americans to decide. Yeah, up to but, the Americans to decide. And again, you and I have our opinion on that. But <laughs> in 2016, he ran on making America great again. No one mm-hmm. oh, great again. No one ever really ever asked him what made America great in the first place. Um, right. But he wanted to make it great, and he wanted to again bring jobs back to America. Mm-hmm. And there was an acknowledgement that things could be going a lot better. Now, in 2016, yes. did I support Trump? No, I did not. Mm-hmm. But I'm able to acknowledge his approach. And I think yes. that approach that he has now in 2020 is similar to the approach Clinton had in 2016. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about the mindset and the rhetoric of it. I'm talking about the approach. The approach. And the approach Clinton had was Things are things are fine. Things are going well. Let's just continue that progress. Mm-hmm. And what people are attracted to is is change, yes. whether it's beneficial or not. They're willing to listen to the person who is speaking of change and acknowledging that the things that are going on in this country aren't the best, even though they 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 might seem that way. And that yeah. was Trump in 2016. And now he's flipped mm-hmm. it. And part of it is because he is running again. So we can't basically le- delegitimize the work he's done in the past four years. Yeah. But yeah. what he can do, and I'm not trying to be his campaign manager or like give him a strategy, yeah. but or what he isn't doing, and this is what I discussed earlier, is that he's losing the undecideds, he's losing the swing vote. He mm-hmm. cannot win without that group. So he's honing in on his rhetoric that he believed he believes is solely what got him to office. It was a component of it, maybe, but it wasn't, yeah. a, it wasn't the only thing that got him to office. But now because he knows that he may not have a swing vote, it might be a little bit more risky than it was last time. He's honing mm-hmm. in on his rhetoric, and he's losing the undecided, and that's why he's going to extremes to suppress the vote like he's been talking about the, the past two yeah. months. Yeah, there there were statements that um, it could be a while after the official election day until we figure out who actually won. Yeah, because of so many backups in the system, the infrastructure just isn't there right now. Yeah, that's gonna be really weird. And both of them kind of agreed on stage they weren't going to admit a victory until there was conclusive evidence of somebody having won. But I highly doubt. That Trump is going to keep his his word on that. I mean, there was a stark difference. Biden said that, yeah, whatever the result is, I'll accept it. Yeah, Trump was not going to say that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think he he said some workaround way of saying it, 
similar to the way he didn't denounce white supremacy. He almost did, but he worked around it without explicitly yeah, saying. Yeah, he said, what do, you, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Yeah, say what do you want me to say? Yeah, and then I hear, I'll say it, I'll say it, Chris. Say it. Yeah, you know, and, but like he never said it. He never said yeah. the thing. And then um, he said, stand back. And you're like, oh, and then stand by. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you're like, no, uh, no, no, <laughs> no, no, Trump. <laughs> Anyways. He, he brought uh, out Steve Carell and everybody. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> um, sad, but, sad stuff. Um, one more thing to say just on Trump's aversion to change. It takes a fearlessness to accept and pursue change, especially as the leader of a country. You know, it's so much easier to stand by and say, we're going to be doing fine. We're just going to keep it going. But right. it requires a fearlessness, and he's not exhibiting that fearlessness. And I think right. that's very inspiring to people. And, and somebody like Joe Biden, who traditionally has held certain beliefs, but he's willing to budge a little bit and listen. Like, he, it actually seems like he's listening based on what he said. Um, yeah. Can, uh, yeah. I like that. I don't love Biden, but I can I can take some inspiration from the fact that he's willing to be mature enough to seek change. We don't see that from Trump. And I think people who respected Trump at one point for his his brashness and his his willingness to do whatever they're not going to see that same appeal with him if he's not willing to do some evolution himself right and this was something that i'm i'm, I'm a bringer in i'm gonna do it don't don't mute okay. me out folks but i'm, I'm, after, I'm a bringer in this, this is something right. that right. hillary clinton said about the recent mm. debate uh, yes. and again um opinions on her or not whatever they are mm. she she had stated that the appeal from the base comes from comes from people who believe that Trump is their cultural warrior. Not exactly what she had stated, but mm-hmm. around the same lines. That there's yeah. a belief that Trump is their cultural warrior, and the way he acts is is um, common. It's normal, yeah. and he is there to fight for them and stand up for their ideals. I don't think that, yeah. again, her whole approach in 2016 of labeling them as a basket of deplorables was the best mm-hmm. move. Because, again, you and I um, know people who supported Trump. And yeah. I, I doubt that we think that they are in that basket of deplorables. Absolutely uh, but, the, not. but that statement she had made, mm-hmm. again, just recently, she made it on James Corden after the debate. It, I think oh. it is a pretty accurate analysis um, of that 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 strong base that Trump has. Now, yeah. I, I want to ask I want to ask you this because this has been going on through social media again, mm-hmm. the idea that if you vote for Trump, you're a racist. Um we've had conservative friends who watched that debate who yeah. did say that Trump needed to, you know, shut the fuck up. Uh, uh-huh. And then there are also people who m- may have not changed their minds. What do you have to say to the people who are then dismissing uh, supporters of the president? So say, again, I, I guarantee you that we may have friends still who support yeah. the president. At this point, based off of what you see, it is. do you think it, it is fair to label those who are going to put Trump's name on the ballot and label mm-hmm. them as bigots, as racists? No, I don't think it's fair to label them as such because a lot of them are simply just voting for political alignment. 
they just they lean conservative and they want a conservative president in, in the house because it affects more than just you know, the president is the, isn't the only determinant of of policy right it's all the other conservative figures as well so i wouldn't label them as bigots or racists but i would encourage them to take a long hard look at the impact of what they're going to be doing mm-hmm. um by electing Trump, a byproduct of that is that racism and bigotry is going to be able to flourish much more than if you were to elect Biden. So if you're truly, if you truly firmly believe that Trump is, is the way to go and that's the America that you want to see, then I won't stop you. But like, uh, I think that it's a very harmful decision. And Mm -hmm. so I would just encourage these people to consider the uh, the rippling effects of voting for Trump and how harmful that can be. I don't think they're racist. I know some people who are probably going to vote for Trump and I, they truly are not racist people, mm-hmm. but I think they're a little blind to the fact that there's a lot of bad shit happening and it's because of this man. Yeah. Um, and it's frustrating for me too, because these are also, you know, pretty smart people, you know? And, and I'm like, how can you, how can you overlook you know, mm-hmm. and the negativity that's going to be affecting other people. Maybe it won't, it won't affect you, but how can you overlook all the bad stuff that's going to happen? And for a lot of them, it's just out of habit. So just yeah. think about it. Just use your head for a second. Really take a critical, a critical think about it and mm-hmm. hopefully make a better decision. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, to- I totally agree. And that's, that's yeah. still what gets me a little bit like, I mean, come on. This is the same yeah same messaging around 2016 and i don't think we should be falling back in that trap again i don't think it's as heated of a uh election cycle as 2016 was i mean mm-hmm. the next month you never know but right i don't think it's as as heated but it is i do believe this is possibly the most important election and mm-hmm. I, I think that, again, we have to approach this in a very level-headed way. Yeah, we do. So, yeah. I'm really into the idea of voting on facts and numbers moving forward, just generally speaking, in the country. So cool-headed is a great way of phrasing that. We just I, like, to... I like the way you just pointed at me. I felt like you were like, yeah. actually there. Yeah, I actually feel, I feel that. Point. I you know, you know when you, you can feel a point? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I basically I, I poked you just now. You, you did poke. I'm feeling it right I, here. That's what's happening. I poked you right here. Okay, yeah. yeah I'm actually feeling it awesome. right here. Yeah. There we go. That's so. Wait, that's your left side. That's my left side. Your left side. I was like, left, wait, try, right, try, try, try poking me in the other with, with you. Yes. Oh, ooh, I'm feeling it right one. here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wait. No, you try giving me a poke. Let's see. See, this is feels. weird for people who are listening to this. You aren't even watching this go down. But I'm, I'm, I'm gonna poke you. Re- ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. using my right hand, folks. Right hand. Wait, hold on. You know where I felt that? I felt that just you lower felt it? right cheek. Right. Yeah, and then I felt it kind of just on the on the outskirts. Yeah. Yeah. This oh, is something. great. This is us connecting over call. This is us connecting over like many many miles. Why over. why meet in person when you can just point at each other? That's, exactly, exactly. That's the so message of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, one one more thing that uh, and this is, wasn't the thing that I was blanking on, but so Joe Biden delivered a response to Amy Coney Barrett's nomination. Yeah. Which I thought was worth thinking about. Um, he said, in essence, what he said was um, he doesn't mind Amy Coney Barrett. 
um, generally speaking, and he thinks it's the right of the Republican Party to nominate somebody right now. However, considering the fact that we're amidst um, an election and there's specific political issues that Trump is trying to strike down. And rather, over a million people have already casted their ballots. Yeah, people have already made a decision. He, mm -hmm. it's, it's a very inappropriate time to nominate somebody. They should wait until after the election to nominate. So Biden conceded that Amy Coney Barrett is a reasonable choice um, and they have the right to do it. He also said that um, despite that, this is inappropriate and we should wait. Um, and clearly, it seems like he's saying clearly this is politically motivated. For example, they want to strike down abortion at some point. This is very obviously a move towards that. Yeah. Um, a move that, towards striking down Roe v. Wade. Yeah. So, and I agree with him on that one. I think it's their right to to do this, but also, it's it's kind of an effect. It's offensive, I think, to the to the American people to do this now. Because this is this is this is they're not doing this for the sake of upholding the constitution like they're saying. They're doing this so they can get their political agenda furthered mm -hmm. in the case in the event that Trump doesn't win the White House yeah. moving forward. And that's super frustrating to me too, because there are some very pivotal issues that have a good chance of going a bad direction as a result of this nomination. I, I liked uh, Biden's response to that, though. I like that he's remaining objective. Some people are going to dislike that I'm saying that because, you know, they want things to be a very specific way. Right. Um, and I want them to be that way, too. But I uh, and I'll always respect an objective um, yeah. approach. And I, I do think, again, Biden had his moments when he would yeah. bring in what the experts are saying on a particular issue. For example, the FBI director Mm -hmm. stating that the number one domestic terrorism issue is white supremacy. Yes. And then is. talking about the, the expert opinion on COVID-19 and the vaccine mm -hmm. and masks. So yeah. there were moments where he did bring up valid points, but you take that individual performance, that individual yeah. performance in those moments where it was just him and he had yeah. those rare moments to speak. And I still think he did he wasn't able to fully deliver his message again without yeah. the interruptions yeah um, yeah he gave us the teaser he didn't give us the whole movie yeah. though yeah that's, that's the perfect way of, <laughs> of addressing it yeah so yeah. overall thoughts unless there's some another thing you want to bring up before we, we wrap it up yeah nothing nothing i can think of in particular in terms of new ideas but mm. um I think I'll end this in the same way I ended it last time we spoke. Just go and vote. Yeah. If you find out that your absentee ballot got canceled because the system is sucking right now, go drive to the nearest polling place. Like last year, uh, last semester, I woke up on voting day. Uh, my voter registration didn't go through in time. They must not have postmarked my stamp in time. So I drove an hour and a half in the morning back mm -hmm. to Katie, voted, drove an hour and a half back, and then pulled up for my 7 a.m. No, not my 7 a.m. <laughs> Wait. Wait a second. <laughs> 7 a.m. Pulled up for my 10.30 a.m. Okay. And Still uh, a lot of work. It, it's a lot of work, but yeah. I'm like, Democracy. you know, don't, don't, don't even put yourself in a position where you need to do that. Just make sure you're registered. Make sure mm -hmm. you go and vote because your vote absolutely counts. And um, if you don't want to vote at all because you have no faith in either side, I would strongly encourage you to choose a side anyway and go vote for them. My, my thing is in, engage in discussion. Don't engage in argument. And if you mm -hmm. want to talk to people who are still siding with the president, um, again, 
what repeated in 2016 in terms of the discussion shouldn't repeat now. I think this is an opportunity to just talk to people and go vote. Um, go do it. Overall thoughts, again, I think it was, I could characterize it as the worst debate I have seen. It was a, it was a pretty bad debate. Yeah, and I, think, and I think a lot of people probably agree with you on that one. Yeah, but I think it's also important to go beyond just that label. Yeah. I think it's important to investigate a little bit on what may have gone wrong. So just concluding it uh, on a last note, apparently the debate commission is going to be changing the rules, which I don't oh. know what rules they can change to make oh. uh, the president comply. <laughs> but all power to them. Again, I also think it's strange that they're changing the rules uh-huh. for a particular person. I still think they, they maybe should stick to it unless they want to have a fact checker if they want to have a fact checker i'm all game for that because there was hey, no fact yeah. checker there a fact checker would be when cool you, a fact need checker a fact checker. Does, he just hits the red button and it's like that's yeah, wrong it's wrong that's <laughs> make, wrong make it, make it a game show um, which honestly is what these these uh, debates are it's all it's all it's it's performative it's it's optics it is um you're, you're given two minutes to talk about these complex issues and i think yeah. that's a little bit ridiculous so yeah that being said i still think they should go ahead and debate again mm-hmm. the, the two more times and again the vice pre- presidential debate will be on october 7th but in regards yeah. to rohit and i we do plan on doing another podcast before the election but if things are all the same in terms of the uh, trump versus biden debate and we don't think things change that much, then I, I, I don't see any point in coming back here and having this discussion because it'll be more of the same of what we had we have discussed yeah. just now. Um, we'll just tweet. We'll be like, nothing changed. Yeah. <laughs> and and in terms of policy, fun. again, if you want to do a policy breakdown, um, go to both campaign websites. I'd recommend mm-hmm. uh, get your take on it. Read it thoroughly. Uh, I, I don't yeah. want... We've done this before, but I don't think this is the place to do the job for them, um, as mm, in yeah. the candidates. So we, we did break things down as best as possible. But Yeah. Also, I don't think it's the necessarily the, the goal to do the voters' job for them. Yeah. It's a good exercise to go and read about policy yourself. So go read about the policy, engage in discussion, month left, and then go vote. Go vote, boys and girls and any ladies parting, and gentlemen. Any parting words for the people other than vote? Uh, uh, Phineas and Ferb, watch that show. Again, I'm still on Ferb. Yeah, Cheez-Its, they're great. They're a great alternative to goldfish. If goldfish are getting old, you know, you've been having a lot of goldfish, switch it up, have some Cheez-Its, you know? Yeah, or some yes. Pringles that are like cheddar flavored. Pr- Pringles are good too, yeah, yeah. And it goes Jalapeno both Pringles? Ooh. Never had them. Have you ever, do you ever take like the, the curved side and just place it on your tongue? I do, I do, it's yeah. so good. I love that it's with the original Pringles because the salt just hits perfectly. Yeah. And I'll just yeah. like, and you just crush it in one bite. It's great. It's Speaking awesome. of salt, I put a little bit too much in my scrambled eggs, but that's a different story. That's a different story. That's a story for uh, for the stories podcast, perhaps. We haven't done. Any, yeah, we haven't been doing that for a long time. We, we did the two and that was it. We need, we need to do it again. Um, yeah. But anywho, yeah. again, vote, vote, and then go ahead and vote. Um, don't triple vote. That's that's not a good idea. Just yeah, don't once. don't triple vote. And don't uh, don't stalk people at the polls. That 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 was recommended yeah. in the debate. Don't yeah. do that. Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't um, stop people at the polls. <laughs> but uh, yeah, goodbye, people. Goodbye, people. Good stuff. Make good choices. Mm-hmm.